Welcome to the Grey Wolf Podcast. What is up and welcome to episode 16 of Grey Wolf Hoops. It is Ned, joined by John. John, what's happening, man? Plenty, my man. It's been a big few days in basketball and, of course, none other than the NBL Fantasy, the Grey Wolf Hoops Fantasy League, wrapped up on the weekend. And we have Fantasy Royalty, I'm going to say, on the line, our buddy, Mr. Cam Bruce. How are you, dude? Yeah, good. Thanks, Fitzy. Surprised with the call, but pleasure to be here. Surprise. Come on, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. You knew this was coming. You've been at the start of the season. You said, I take my fantasy very seriously, and you weren't mucking around, man. You were right up there up top. You possibly had one of the worst names in the league, though, I must say. Power <laughs> to win. Yeah, that's a football yeah. thing, though, yeah? That's been my super coach team since day dot, so I've just stuck with it. And all my fantasy teams, it's just, that's my team name, so keep it simple. Know my team. Everyone knows who you're playing against when you're playing against me. If you're super coach, NFL, NRL, NBA, whatever, that's my team name. So Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit the same. There. And then it sort of makes it easy to keep track of your teams, I suppose. But Cam took on our buddy who we haven't been able to track down, Lewis Rose. And he's out of chances now to reach out to us. In the final, it was 690 to Brucey on 567. And matched up fairly evenly, I thought, except it came down to the captain choice. He went with Sean Long, who absolutely dominated he ended up with 224 captain points and Brucey stuck it on Machado my boy who only scored 40 which was double to 80 so perhaps Cam a, uh, a few lessons for next season there absolute dumb decision I didn't even look at the I should have been smart and looked at the fixture ahead knowing that Cairns may rest a few knowing that it's stuck with third spot effectively but hello live and you learn you come back next year and get better yeah I like that I I like the passion in his voice there (laughs) genuinely devastated plus Melbourne United played twice as well so that Sean Long decision was pretty good by good old what's his name Lewis Lewis Rose Rose. look out gotta give it to him Um, I was actually contemplating going with Long but um, I thought he might go with Long I looked at his team yeah, well Machado is an absolute beast, man. I was trying to get him into my into my team for a little bit there and then ended up interviewing the guy from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and forgot all about <laughs> basketball. <laughs> so drop that in there, that's cool. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> of course, Bruce, you led the way for a lot of the season actually, and I think I finished in fifth. Ned was around tenth or eleventh. Uh, yeah, what advice have you got for uh, us, you know, losers for, <laughs> for next season? Mate, it's literally luck. There's nothing to it whatsoever. You've got to snag the good rookies early and hope for the best. It's really, if you can get a few guys who can make a bit of cash at the start of the year, you're set with the NBL. So basically, you just hope for the best at the start of the year. Then you then you don't have to chase your tail later on. Like you said, it's like a stock market. You're uh, buy low, sell high sort of thing. Yeah, 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 I like it. And here's a question that, and I don't want to put you on the spot here, but did you have one S. Bruce from the Sydney Kings in your team? <laughs> I actually did throughout the year. I, I bought him for a bargain price, and he actually got me up to about 900000 I actually thanked him for it. So there you go. He did me a solid. I was pretty thankful for that. Yeah, he's a good man, that Sean. I actually <laughs> texted him, and I said, now, no added pressure here, Sean, but you are in my fantasy team. <laughs> You need to perform. And he didn't let us down, man. You must be all sorts of proud of him. He has had one absolutely outstanding season. Yeah, I, I am proud of him. It's actually been really enjoyable watching him 
I can still remember Christmas time last year when he got the call from Adelaide, how pumped he was. And he was actually pretty emotional with the call, but to see him stick through it, perseverance, like it's, it's the story of perseverance that everyone should uh, listen to. So, yeah, stoked for him. Yeah, that is awesome right there. Now, we're going to change things up from all that fun stuff to a more somber topic. I want to talk about the Flint Tropics real quickly. Have you ever lost a game as part of the Horsham Super Team Flint Tropics? <laughs> it's funny. I actually cannot remember the last time I lost a game. Great, but we have drawn a couple. I can remember. I'm still filthy about it. Mitch Martin banked one from the car park to draw on the buzzer. It was him and Timmy Pickett, the super team, trying to knock us off. And he banked one from the car park and drew with us. It was a bit of dubious wrestling, why might I? But anyway, we can't blame them. But we're a bit of a powerhouse in the A grade circle, so it's been fun. Yeah, it, it is a powerhouse. And to those not familiar with the Flint Tropics, they have haunted us for John and I for many, many years. <laughs> it is basically let's strap together a bunch of A grade, like actual division Hornets plays. We'll whack <laughs> them all together and we'll take on the fatties. And they literally haven't lost a game in 15 years of basketball. At for as long as I remember, so I guess that, that's that off is, to you. That, that is a lie. There's only two Hornets players, and we barely play together. So <laughs> it's not like we're a powerhouse. <laughs> we've got some pretty, we've got some pretty handy football basketballers who like they know their way around the hoop. Like Andy Sears is a gun. They probably could have played Hornets, but Brownie, yeah, he's old school. He's, I think he trained with a bit. Stewie Robertson trained with a bit. Yeah, I'm pretty but, sure they could all play. Yeah, back foot defense right here, but uh, <laughs> currently ten and zip. On on the current season. I'm pretty sure we've got you guys this week, Brucey, so we might maybe put something in the drinking water to try and make a few of them miss, but it has been a really fun season this year and uh, a lot of competitive teams in the local comp, which is really good to see, and hopefully the Zombies will take on the Flint Tropics. We're going to have to get, you mentioned Mitch Martin, he played a couple of games for us, shot 60 points in one game, if you don't mind, so we may need him to come back for any chance. I, I thought he had his system just putting all the points in his name. Surely 60 points, no way. You did it. Yeah, I rebounded everything, just passed it to him. <laughs> that was the game plan. <laughs> nah, smart movie. can shoot a bit. He can, but of course Ned Cam did spend a brief period on the light side. He did play, was it one game with the Zombies, Cam? I, yeah, I so I was going to bring this up, Cam. The highlight of your career mustn't be, your A-grade career mustn't be playing that undefeated Flint Tropics. You did suit up for the Zombies at one stage. I, I tell a lot of people this. <laughs> Do you actually remember this, Cam? I can remember. It was a bright, if I remember correctly, was it the orange jersey? You didn't have the green, like, beautiful designer jerseys that you run. Was it a green NBA singlet? Yeah, it was like a really light, khaki, green, like, mm. disgusting, sewerage-looking thing. And, yeah, you played one game with us, and it was our claim to fame there for quite some time. It's like, we had Brucey! But then it ended up being one game. <laughs> I can remember it. I don't, don't know if we won or not, but uh, I can't really remember it. But I can remember playing one game, that's for sure. There you go. Yeah, that's enough uh, of the Hall yeah, of Fame. Yeah, There's we'll like take a... that, man. We're going to retire your number. I'm not sure if you knew that. CB6, baby. Yeah, of course. And, uh... <laughs> On that topic, man, of course, CB6 did play and coach 200-plus games for the Horsham Hornets. We have to touch on this really quickly, man. What's your fondest memory of all those years down at the Hornets' nest? There's stacks, mate, honestly. Just basically, I still talk about the road trips we had many times with the boys. 
Growing up in that atmosphere, getting out on the weekends and, and hitting the road to Melbourne and just running up pretty much. Hotels, we'd stay up all night playing PlayStation and talking smack to each other and get up the next Sunday on two hours sleep and play a game. <laughs> that was fun, but I was lucky enough to play Aaron came back from college and stacked the stadium. It was chockers, championships, you name it. Coaching the CBL, pretty big thing that I hang my hat on too, so I've got literally too many memories to go on with just one. Yeah, there, there has been an absolute outstanding amount, man, and hopefully your young fellow will follow suit there at some stage, Cam. He watched his first A-grade game last night, and he was ready to, make, ready to lace them up already. Yeah, we've got Sean and Alan, and he also knows who they are, and he picks them every time we go down there, so he'll be there, no doubt, running around out of tens, and yeah, he'll be there, no worries. Oh, that is awesome, man. That is awesome. All right, right before we let you go, we want to know, Cam, your predictions for the NBL Grand Final. Who's going to make it? I think it's going to be Sydney and Perth. I think Perth have got the easiest side, no doubt, because I think they'll take care of Cairns. They're just probably a bit too inexperienced. Mm. Um, Sydney have got a tough draw. I reckon Melbourne are hitting for them at the right time, but I still think Sydney will probably be too strong. They might play three games, whereas Perth will probably coast in two. And then Perth and Sydney, it's a flip of a course. That's a tough series. Home court advantage might yeah, I'm nervous for it too. Fingers crossed, touch wood that. That's how I'm hoping it'll go down too. And it'll be great to see a ring on that Sean Bruce finger. Yeah. We always talk about this. It's been an amazing season throughout. I think you might be right. It's going to yeah come down to whether or not they can hold home court, I guess. Yeah, that's it. I'm NBL podcast and they're talking about the Kings like with their defense letting Cotton picks and things like that but I reckon the Kings coach is too smart he wants something up his sleeve to uh, counteract that person and it will just be a matter of who makes a shot really because they're both bloody good sides and it'll be a good series if they, if they both get through yeah we're already talking about it like it's yeah exactly <laughs> I do think that will be the case there man so thanks so much for taking time out Cam super appreciate it Oh, hell yeah. And look out on Monday nights. Fitz, he's, he's in game shape, man. He's getting wet oh, yeah. and ready. He's, he's going to rip it up. Yeah, he's turning around jump shot games uh, elite, so we'll watch him. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, totally. I hit double points for the first time in a while on Monday, Nettie. It was a <laughs> terrible defense on the other team, but look forward to a Brucey as always, so we'll see you Monday night. Yeah, we've got our scout match locked in, ready to go come Monday, Bruce. So, uh, yeah, it'll be fun. Bring it on. <laughs> Great to have a chat to Cam there, Johnny. Good man. Those, yeah. those Bruce boys, there is some talent there too because a lot of people don't realise that we come from a very small town, yet we've had Mitch Crate come from here. We've had Cam, Sean. How many Horsham players oh. are there? We often talk about yep. this, actually. There are so many people that come out of such a small pool. It's quite crazy just to cut you off there, actually. How many people have come through the Horsham Association and moved on and it's not even the the basketballs it's the guys like your Jake Lloyds and your Darcy Tuckers that came through and played Hornets and then went off to play AFL football like it's for a small town with a little tin shed and two courts it's pretty unbelievable yeah actually. it really is when you think of it like that unfortunately for us it sort of has skipped us a little and that's 
like when I asked Sean back in the day if I could have some of the Shawnee's secret stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe he just <laughs> wrote me off as being a total idiot yeah. when I said that. But it's true. Those boys can play in camp. Bruce, he's another one. He can legit play. Flat out won the Golden Hands Award back in the day. I remember yep. that well. And what he was saying just then, too, I don't actually remember if you won that game either, do you? No, it was quite a while ago, <laughs> actually. And now we've got those sorts of memories. But And, you know, you talk on the talent that comes through Horsham. We'll talk about the weekend just gone, the one coming up in a moment. But there's so many names that you could rattle off of players over the years. And we were just talking about a few that are in the Flint Tropics team that they could have gone on to bigger things but chose yeah, not to. But the, the talent coming out of Horsham is phenomenal. For like Again, we keep saying for you know the size of the town and for the facilities we've got, like it is just unreal. Yeah, it, it definitely is. All right, man. Well, let's talk about last weekend. Speaking of the local competition, you took your under-18s off to state championships yep. in Bendigo and went all sorts of awesome. But unfortunately, hit that road bump that is the what is he an NBA <laughs> next gen academy play for the Bendigo Braves and yes uh, helps yeah. to have one of those I hear uh, it does yeah I have been told that before but now the boys put on a, an amazing performance man and we uh, yeah, myself and, and Scotty as a coaches could not be more proud of their efforts and for the whole season mind you but it's a bit of a sort of a somber moment because even though we had a great weekend and we ended up we set our goal as making Div 1 which is uh, what we did so that's yeah. sort of the top 8 sides there and then we beat Geelong on the Sunday morning which you know and we kept saying to the boys there's 100,000 odd people in Geelong they had to combine three associations to make that team and they still couldn't beat the boys from Horsham so we ended up making the top four and had to play Bendigo in our sort of semi-final to make the final and we threw a few different tactics at them from the last time we played but just wasn't quite enough when they're uh, knocking down shots over some of our six foot five boys you know you're in for a long day but could not be more proud of the guys it's an outstanding effort to to get that far and I was just going to point out so we ended up beating Shepparton we beat Geelong we outranked Ballarat couldn't get over Bendigo but for a town of 15,000 odd people to take a team of these champion kids over there and do that well like you could not be more proud of them yeah that is amazing right there and you're talking about those places that are you know more than twice yeah. the size of yep. what we are right here so hats off to you guys so you made it to the final four which is awesome and Bendigo went through and yep. ended up winning the whole thing yep that's correct yeah so I think the top four the other two teams are Karambara and Terrelgan so a couple of very strong teams we were definitely in the sort of stronger side I did think but like and as I was sort of touching on before a somber moment because that's sort of it for a few of the boys so five yeah. top age kids that that's their junior basketball career sort of finished so I was really lucky to, to get to see a couple of state players amongst those with Sam Brewer and Ozzy McKenzie two absolute champion players that are going to do some pretty special things and to get to know those boys and to see them perform and you know sometimes as a coach you sort of have to take a step back and just admire you know the way the boys are playing and like, there's some very talented athletes especially at that level so you know it's very lucky for, for me to be able to be a part of that group but yeah so it's going to be a long sad off season until we start up again so I'm going to have to find something to do. <laughs> oh well we've got plenty of podcasts to record man but I've also got to say it's good massive hats off to you and congratulations for sticking through absolutely doing wonderful work with these boys because you did go like last season you were with what under 14s? Yeah under 14B they were then. Yeah under yep. 14B so you've jumped right up to as high as you can basically go in the junior division done an amazing job there what are your future plans coaching wise? Yeah that's, I appreciate the kind words too Nettie it was uh, definitely a big step up and something that I like I was a bit worried a bit you know it's a, it's a 
huge step up for someone who isn't all that experienced but I thought you know when you get an opportunity like that you just sort of got to grab it and just roll with it and I was very upfront with those boys at the start of the season and said look you know I'm here to learn off you as much as you're here to learn off me so it's not like I was coming along with all the answers and here's what we're doing and that's it sort of thing so I think having the right attitude I suppose towards you know a newer group definitely helps but my plans I guess it's still up in the air like I'd love to keep coaching the same group of boys and being involved with my dear under 16 boys as well so my plan sort of is to stay at that level it might be a bit tricky with a wedding to to plan during the next season but if we can sort of get ourselves started a bit earlier I think that shouldn't become a big problem but between myself and, and Scotty's an amazing help really trying to build a program for elite athletes to that under 18 level because now we've seen a team that finishes top four in the state like that's where we should be aiming to get to every year and that doesn't just happen training twice a week we need all these outside influences so yeah, fingers crossed can build a bit of a program around that and turn some you know kids with potential through that under 16 under 14 program into some real elite athletes and just set them on the right path so yeah like I said ideally I'll stick with the same group if they appoint me again but you know we'll wait and see have a bit of a break over the off season and see what happens yeah coach Bombay move over it's all about <laughs> coach Fitzgerald right there hats off to you and this weekend we've got the narrow court competition where you step back to just a little <laughs> under 16 kids and looking forward to that one too man which yeah. we'll wrap up next week I guess we don't have to speak too much about it now but we are down to the final four switching things up into the NBL now we have the Melbourne United Bowlers you know that's it that's their name the did Bowlers you know I the actually bowlers. did not know that yeah, just a randomly a lot of people don't know that yeah okay it's true they are actually the Bowlers it took me a bit to find that out and I'm sure they could have came up with a bit better name <laughs> yeah. but you know it is what it is the Perth Wildcats the Cairns Taipans and the Sydney Kings CB6 thinks it's going to be Sydney and Perth which I tend to agree on here man so you've yep. got a best of three series Sydney versus Melbourne but Melbourne are rolling pretty red hot at the moment yeah I think CB6 made a really good point that Melbourne's hit form at the right time of the season like I think and I think we said last week we rode them off at one point in there just because they were playing mm-hmm. so poorly and they own a few players in and out but that's going to be a really good series the old rivalry Kings versus Melbourne United but I think I'm going to stick with our off-season or pre-season prediction of Kings and Wildcats in the final uh, you know they're the best two teams they're the best teams for a couple of seasons now so I'm going to back that in but I'm looking forward to some good ball I think it's going to be a really good first round of finals and still you know still holding that little heartbeat there for my Cairns Taipans to yeah. you know, see if they can throw caution to the win and take one off Perth but you know that's a pretty hard road trip first up to go all the way over there and snag a win yeah and now I do claim to have a very bad memory and I actually do have a very bad memory <laughs> but I cannot claim that I said it's going to be Perth and Sydney. I said from the start it's going to be Melbourne, Sydney. Almost got there, but not Close. quite. Because Melbourne just looks so stacked at the start of the season. Yep. Uh, you know, injuries and whatnot. But, dude, we must touch on it really quick. We're not going to talk too much about last round because it pretty much went like we thought it would go, except for that Brisbane-Cairns game. Brisbane needed to win by 34 points. And our dude, David Knight, who was there, said it was a yep. great, great atmosphere. They did it, man. They, they actually <laughs> got up by 36. So they knocked out New Zealand by winning that game by over 34 yep. but then unfortunately Melbourne United made short yeah. work of the South East Melbourne Phoenix but like you were saying it comes down to the week before yep. they really needed to win that and I guess New Zealand had them there so yeah that was a game for them to win was that game against New Zealand they only went down by four or five points or thereabouts so you know it's still a successful season for the Bullets but you know a bit unfortunate that they sort of final that final hurdle all credit to them for, for a fantastic finish they did what they had to do it was just the other results that didn't go their way but I do feel as though the top four sides have made the finals so unfortunately for the Brisbane train that I was dearly a part of for so long <laughs> and then jumped off at one point but and I do 
think back on it though, I man. did, yeah. I jumped on and hung on to the end of the train as it was churning along. But <laughs> I do feel like, man, the uh, the top four sides have made the playoffs. But I tell you what, Brisbane went out with all guns blazing right there. 36 points. They ended up winning by in the end. Although, it must be said, Cairns did rest a few players there towards the end. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, I guess they had to because yeah. they were locked in at that third place. They anyway. were. Maybe a conspiracy. Maybe they preferred to play Brisbane than Melbourne United. So they thought, we'll just rest a few boys and <laughs> <laughs> see what happens. But We need to cue some X-Files music there. <laughs> Johnny, yes. All right, man. Well, so the other one is Perth and Cairns. Who are you thinking there, my friend? Look, as much as my heart really wants Cairns to get up and, and get into an NBA Finals, I just think Perth are going to be too strong. Like, I just can't see Cairns going over there for Game 1 and beating Perth at home. I expect it to be a good, close match, but Perth's been one of the best teams in the league for so long now. That road trip, as we know, is such a hard one. I just, as much as I want Cairns to win so badly, my head says it has to be Perth at home. I think they're going to take that series. It may go to a third game. I wouldn't be surprised to see Cairns take one back at home, but I think Perth might be too strong in the end. Yeah, finals is a different time, isn't it? It and is. Although Cairns has beaten Perth a couple of yeah. times this season, absolutely razzed them up at home, but finals is a different time, and we're just going to have to wait and see. Scotty Machado is going to have to come out and do something miraculous there. Yep. Cam Oliver, too. Though. Oh. They, they, yep. You would love to compare their budgets and know how much they had, because I know Cairns is a very small budget team, and you're talking Perth, Melbourne, Sydney, all massive budgets, no yeah, doubt. Cairns up there is awesome, and they just must recruit so well because Machado right up there, one of the best players in the league. Same deal with Oliver. Yep. Great rookie in Noy. Like, they're just an awesome, they're awesome a great team, side. and I just hope they do really well. I, I think they'll get one. They're yeah. going to win at home. I'll I say hope that. they do. Like you said, uh, like finals is definitely a different time, and that's where the top teams flex their muscles, such as the Flint Tropics, unfortunately, but <laughs> I think Cairns built a really good roster, and we did talk about that very early on, that at some point they'll click with that young core of players, and I really hope, I think they've already re-signed a few guys for the next couple of seasons. Oh, that's good. I hope they keep that core together because there's some very special things coming out of Cairns, particularly like you said, with the smaller market, the smaller budget, but they've just been able to get it done and a couple of superstar players who have grown before our eyes. It's been an amazing season for Cairns and like I said, we love them so much. I'd, I'd love for them to get through here, but you know, like, like we're saying, finals is such a different time and those top sides just know how to get it done unfortunately, so it's going to be tough, but it'll be a really good series. It's going to be a really interesting off-season too. This is a little bit off topic, but how much did Mello Trimble, he got chased down by Melbourne United. He was there at Cairns last season. Yep. Imagine Scott Machado. Those big-time teams are going to throw some money at him, yep. you would expect. I think so, man. And uh, I'd like to think he's the sort of guy that would want to stay. And uh, he's runner-up MVP. We'll have a look at the awards in just a moment. But, you know, what a great core of players they've got there. And I really feel like what's gotten them over the line would have to be their culture that they've built. Like, you can yep. tell they're enjoying their basketball. They're playing well. They're playing as one. I really can't see them losing too many players. And honestly, I don't even think they need to gain any players either. I think another preseason together, they'll be right up there next season, depending on what happens with other teams. But look for them to be a force to be reckoned with for the next couple of years. Yeah, next week we might throw back to our season preview just to, to look back at what we said. I'm pretty sure we said a pass rate for Cairns was five games or something ridiculous like that. Or, yep. or maybe it was to do whatever. But they have well and truly outdone themselves. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly right, man. And for them, it's just getting bums on seats. Again, when you're in a smaller market, you need the fans coming along to the games and I, I'm not sure on the crowd numbers but I'd say that the stadium would have been almost packed every time for the last say half of the season.
season because everyone wants to watch Machado, wants to watch Oliver, wants to watch a team on the rise. And who doesn't love an underdog? You know, and they've come out of nowhere. And I'd love to see what our prediction was pre-season for them. Yeah, it wouldn't have been very high, but you know, <laughs> I, and I keep saying I'd like to feel like we did say that at some stage they would come together. Yeah, uh, so we can claim that one close enough, I reckon. But to finish third, man, like that's a fantastic effort, and I'm so happy for them. Like I really am for a team that you know we've already lost Townsville, we've lost a few of those smaller market teams, Illawarra. Who knows what could happen there? But you know, Cairns Taipans, I'm I'm fully on them. The head says Perth, but the heart really wants Cairns to get up. Yeah, same deal. And yeah, like you said, so we're thinking like CB6. He knows his stuff. It's yep. probably going to be Cairns and and Sydney. We're going to have to wait and see. But I really want to see Brucey pick up that that ring because man, he has earned it. I he feel has, he was yeah. robbed on six man. Even though, well, Will Magne I think picked it up or Kadee. We probably Kade should go through these. Yeah, yeah let's, that, let's like, there were some good ones in there. Let's head through. Most improved. Yeah, Definitely yeah. There you go. But uh, yeah, so I mean, there wasn't too much controversy depending on who you're asking <laughs> this year. But uh, <laughs> Bryce Con very deservedly, man, took out the MVP. He had 88 votes. Machado, though, who was our pick from uh, probably a month or so ago, 80 votes. So he was right up there. And maybe if they had gone off to a quicker start, he could have pushed uh, Cotton out of the way. Let me hold you up on that. You said at the start of the season, Bryce Cotton has a point to prove he's going to win MVP. I remember you saying yeah? that. So oh, I don't actually remember saying that. But yeah. to you. Thank you, yeah, man. So I remember you will listen back. I've got a very okay. select memory, but I, I do like remember that. that. Yeah, yeah. Machado, yeah like, straight up, he did an awesome job yeah, in the second half of the he, season. He really did. I'm a huge Bryce Cotton fan. He's like a staple of my fantasy team as well. But, you know, hats off to Machado. Like his second, even like his second third of the, no, yeah, second third of the season. They started off a bit slow, like we said, but he was just unreal. Like he really put that team on his back and got them going. So yep. full credit to him. But the uh, Lindsay Gaze Trophy for Coach of the Year went to my dad, Mike Kelly, who's yes. a uh, lookalike of uh, yes. Pistol Pete Fitzgerald. But well deserved, man. There's not even any question that he should have won that award. Uh, you know, Will Weaver coming in second with Sydney. We all expected them to finish high, but well, yeah, there has been a little bit of controversy about this, but I think that's absolutely ridiculous. You've got Will Weaver with on paper the best team mm. in the league. If they hadn't have finished first, second, you would have thought, wow, he's yeah. done something wrong. So he's done what he was expected to do. Then Pete Fitzgerald, aka Mike Cutley, has taken a team that won yep. what, five games last yeah. year, got them into the playoffs, and well, who knows where from there? But, who knows? Uh, the definitely, yeah, that's the essence of the coach of the year. Someone who's coaching a team to to bigger things, and uh, yeah, like I said, Mike Kelly well deserved as a winner. I mean, if you're just looking at pure records, yeah, okay, we'll give it to Will Weaver. But the fact that Kelly did what he did with that team he had is outstanding. Like you know, hats off to him. What a great season it's been. Fantastic. And we'll have a look at the uh, all NBL first team. There's probably a couple of selections, and there always is that you could think could have got yeah, in. Maybe I was a little bit. Uh... Yeah, we'll get your thoughts in just a sec. But uh, it looked like this: Jay Sean Tate, Nick Kay, Scott Machado, Bryce Con- Cotton, and Lamar Patterson. I'm happy with that. I think yeah. that's pretty solid right there. Yeah, I think there was a few people saying that maybe Cam Oliver should have made it. But how can you throw Tate and Kay out of that side? Like it's it's very tough. Very yeah, tough. Tate had to be in there definitely. Yep. Kay's just so consistent. But yeah, I, I definitely think those guys had to make Cam Oliver. Did he make? The, surely he made the second team. He did. Yeah, yeah. But that was the only thing. And I mean, you pick the two, I guess, big guys from the two top sides. And Nick Kay was unreal for the first half of the season. He came out of the blocks firing and had a great season, of course. And uh, I roll through the All NBL second team, which was Cam Oliver, Andrew Bogut, our boy Scotty Hobson, DJ Newbel, and. 
and Casper Ware. So, look at solid those, selections. Look at those Cairns Taipans in the first and second yeah. team. I believe that Sean Long was robbed in this. He had a couple of bad games, but really, yeah. he had a pretty solid season, and I would have him probably over Bogut. I would tend to agree, man, and there were a few people, because Bogut was nominated for MVP, averaging a healthy, like, eight points a game. So, I, we won't get into conspiracy theories right now, <laughs> but I would have put Sean Long in there over Bogut if I was picking the team. But, you know, you can't really fault it otherwise. It's a, it's a solid... It's pretty solid. Two teams, you know. Mitch Creek is the other one who I thought was maybe a little bit stiff. I know that the, the team dropped off at the end of the season, but he averaged, I think, the fifth most points in the league. He averaged seven rebounds and two or three assists for the year. I mean, if they had a third team, he definitely would have made it. Would have made it. But it's probably a matter of who do you kick out of that team to make room for someone else. It's a, yeah. it's a tough task. It is. Mitch Creek, I felt, yeah, he had one of... Well, he really come out absolutely all guns blazing. Played outstanding in the first half of the season. But it comes down to what was happening with yep. those niggling injuries that we don't know about sort of thing. But still, to finish averaging 20 points, like... Yeah, did you say that to me earlier? 20 yep. points? Yeah. It's, he had a pretty outstanding season. It's unreal. Thought. And we're pretty proud of that effort. Like, I mean, he's obviously had the shackles taken off him a little bit and let him you know, go out there and play and score and play his natural game. And uh, he'll take a lot of confidence. I'd say he'll be heading over to the USA pretty soon, looking for some uh, 10-day contracts. So we'll keep you everyone updated on that. But uh, we'll move on to the Rookie of the Year, which was won by LaMelo Ball, 59 votes over our boy. And uh, who I thought could have maybe knocked him off was Noy from Cairns, 44 votes. So, I mean, Ball would have won it pretty easily if he had to play a, a full season. But, you know, hats off to, to both those guys. Yeah, it's an interesting one, that one right there. And I've got absolutely nothing bad to say about Ball. I thought he was a pretty class act throughout the season. But for the amount of time played, I know Noy missed a few games. Yep. Are they doing it for the NBL, you know, because LaMelo Ball is such a draw card? Probably. Yeah, and I, uh, I've seen a, a little bit of back and forth on Twitter whether next-gen players should be eligible for mm-hmm. rookie of the year. I mean, yeah, it's their first season, and that technically, you know, they are a rookie. But whether it's maybe taking away from, you know, these uh, players who have worked hard to get a spot, a contract in a team that are going to stay, we'll leave that one there because I'm not too sure on uh, everyone else's thoughts. But it's an interesting comment. Yeah, so, it's an interesting sort of yeah, topic of discussion, isn't it? Is. it? You'd like to get into it with the homicide Williams or yeah. someone like that who's very opinionated. But yep. yeah, you know. It's a tricky one. Yeah, if we have is. a two-hour special, Homicide Williams will ask him that. <laughs> but uh, we'll run through the next few. Uh, the sixth man was Jason Kadee from Brisbane, who I thought was very solid. He uh, he took it just over Daniel Kickett, who did have a solid season well, for Sydney, Kickett actually. Kickett had a very, very yeah, good he did. season. And uh, Will Magne was third, only just a few votes behind. And I'll follow on there because he won the most improved player. Not easily in the end. Dane Panu was second on 49 votes to Magne, 53. I actually thought that was probably about right. Bit bit stiff. Sean didn't get a maybe top three vote there. I thought he was excellent this season. But um, Well, if you look where he came from, exactly. I honestly think he should have been right up there. I rate Pinot. Magne is actually rumoured to have got a 10-day contract yeah. with the Warriors. I'm yeah. not sure if anything happened with that. Yeah, it was, yeah not sure. You know, old Trigger leaked that one as well. Yeah. He's, he's <laughs> had some great info throughout the season. Outback Shaq with these Love it. You know, bad case of <laughs> diarrhea. Yeah, that's the one. Like, yeah, that's it. But I think, uh, I mean, if you if you look at Sean's story as a whole, and I know we don't play all this stuff for awards, but to go from where he has been to be like an injury reserve with the 36ers last year to now be getting regular minutes with the best team in the league, like that's unreal. Like that is fantastic. And obviously we could not be more happy for him, but uh, Magne has had a brilliant season as he well. Has. He's going to go 
on to bigger and better things. And just to finalise the awards here, Nettie, Defensive Player of the Year, DJ Newball, another Cairns Definitely. boy. Love that guy. Will Magnate was second, so that would have bumped him up a little bit. And Bogut, with 33 votes, came in third. Uh, so There you go. Will Magnate, though. Have you seen the blocks? This guy is an oh, absolute yeah. beast. He has yep. got a massive future. He's very young as well. I just see he signed a two-year deal with the Bullets. He did, That's yeah. if they keep him yeah. for two years, <laughs> I think. They can afford him. But, uh, no, he averaged two and a half blocks a game, I think. But he's just a beast considering his age. And one last award here I'll just throw out there was the Fans MVP, which is our boy Scott Machado. I've got to finish on him because, uh, you know, how much we love him. So props him for a fantastic season. But uh, not as much controversy perhaps this year as there was last year with Bogut winning MVP. Mm. And we won't go there. Uh, <laughs> but, no, I think that was pretty solid this year. Maybe a couple of stiff selections, but overall pretty solid. Yeah, I think it was pretty solid all all around, man. And we've got a great final series coming up. Looking forward to discussing that more next week. We're going to jump into that into a little bit more depth, I guess, Johnny. Yep. And we've got to we'll discuss record and a bunch more on the basketball side of things. But I think that'll almost wrap us up. Yeah, I think so. I think people are probably sick of listening to me talk about basketball by now. So. <laughs> Well, it is a basketball podcast, That's man. true, man. But uh, no, I'm very keen for Narracourt this weekend. It's going to be really good with, uh, you know, there's a few future superstars in that team, including one, Brody Tepper. I'm looking forward to think this is going to be his tournament. I reckon he's going to come out and make a statement. He's been putting in the work at Zombies Academy. He's been playing <laughs> hard for the Zombies. I do like to promote the Zombies. So I am uh, think it's going to be a good weekend, man. Yeah, it's all about the Zombies, man. Got to say it right there. Thank you. I hope so. Fingers crossed you do put in a lot of work that, you know, not a lot of people realize how much you go in and help out these kids which is awesome and you can see the the development and whatnot and I finally thought about the question that I wanted to ask you earlier how much improvement did you see from the start of the season to the end of the season with your lads with my boys a lot actually and I won't say 100% whether like it was all skill based but the improvement that I saw in their attitude in the players coming out of their shells and just enjoying their basketball I think the way I like to coach encourages them to play with some freedom and I really want to see them be themselves while they're at basketball because you know that's it we're a community we're a family and I think the improvement that I saw with attitudes and and the boys getting together as a group was it really made me happy I did say that to them after that last game is you know nothing brings me more joy than watching whether it's under 12s under 18s CBL NBL NBA players enjoy the basketball like at the end of the day it's just a game it's the best game on the planet but watching the the boys from their first tournament yeah you know we got at each not each other a little bit but you know the the just the attitudes on the court not that it was bad, but compare that to the last tournament where we're playing Bendigo in that final. We're getting beaten by 20, 30 points and the boys are still carrying on about KFC and having a laugh afterwards. Like, <laughs> it, like it really warmed my heart and I hope that you know the way I like to coach can show them the basketball can be enjoyable, can make some great friends and have fun as well as be successful. So that sort of improvement, yeah, really means a lot to me as a coach and uh, hopefully the boys take that you know, further in their career as well. Yeah, indeed, man. Very well said there. Very much looking forward to what the futures holds for Coach Fitzgerald. Alrighty, right before we go, remind us we have Art Alexakis. Hey, got it. Yes, I have been practicing <laughs> from Everclear on episode 11 of the official Grey Wolf podcast. Be sure to hit that up. GreyWolfEntertainment.net. Check it out. He is a bunch of fun. We've also got the Unwritten Law boys on there. Of course, Kevin Eastman. I'm not even sure why I mentioned that to Cam Bruce. But anyway, I just wanted to promote that. I'm still excited about nothing it nearly three weeks later. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, a couple too. of great ones there. And if you missed out on a Grey Wolf shirt, get yours. This might be the last time we put up a pre-order for these shirts because it's, you know, going to be winter before you know it and we're going to be exactly. moving on. So, greywolfentertainment.net. 
Grab yourself a shirt pre-order. Exactly. Don't miss out this time and, uh, you know, keep an eye on the store, as, as Nettie's sort of saying. So this might be the last time we do just T-shirts, and we're going to look to expand the range, but more info coming soon. Oh, yeah. Stay posted. Plenty to come.